Good morning, guys. What's going on? I'm joined today. Well, my, first of all, my name is Brendan Mallon. Joined today by Brian Needle and Logan Strobing. Uh, the uh, point of this podcast is just you know talking everything New York baseball and our love for both of these teams. I'm uh, not going to go too much into ourselves. We've done a few podcasts before, and now we you know our passion for baseball, our passion for New York sports, hopefully comes through in this podcast. But uh, for this episode, for this introductory episode. We're going to recap pretty much the season up to this point for our two favorite New York baseball teams and kind of preview what's to come at the deadline where these teams could fix up the holes in, the, in each other's um, rosters, weaknesses and whatnot. <laughs> but um, yeah, we'll, you know, I want to say hello, Brian Logan. Hey, what's up? Great to be here. Excited. What's up, guys? I'm Logan. Last person was Brian, obviously. Kid forgot his name for a second there. Uh, yeah. Very excited to be on the pod. Always a fun time with these boys. So uh, let's get into it. So let's throw some just quick numbers around. So right now the Yankees are 38 and 34. Let's go. And the are 37 <laughs> and 31. So the Mets are four games up in the NL East and a different picture, obviously, in the AL East. The I think like fourth third or above the we're third we're third and i think you meant the nl least not the nl east i think that's what you meant yankee fans now we're already (laughs) we're already jacking i i agree though the the nl east has been very weak and you know the yankees throw to an al east title is going to be a lot harder than it is for the mets yeah no for sure i mean i didn't even realize the braves were like back down to four because they've been they've just been a mess this year the Braves have, yeah, they like lost Marcelo Zuna recently, and their pitching is just their bullpen specifically has been pretty. It's been hot garbage. Uh, but so the Mets have taken advantage of you know other teams being weak in the division. On the contrary, the Rays and the Red Sox have kind of hold the Yankees down. But um, yeah, yeah the I Yan- think both. What are you gonna say? I was gonna say the Yankees like usually in past years when they've like not last year because they were like thirty three and twenty seven. But like they usually like dominate the AL East, which is what has led them to an awesome like 2018 and 2019 record. Obviously, 2018 Boston was absurd and won the World Series. But um, this year they're doing I forgot what the record against the Blue Jays, but they're like five and eleven against the Red Sox and Rays, something like that. Like they're just not getting it done, including that sweep the Red Sox had on us at uh, Yankee Stadium a few weeks ago. So yeah, I mean if they want to get if they want to win the division, they're gonna have to win those games. Very very clear. Yeah, I think we could say that like both teams are above five hundred. Both teams have like a pretty. I'm not sure how how many games back are they in the wild card because I don't know how it's it's like the same. The Rays are the second one. Like the Rays and A's are the tie. So it's like we're like four back of the Rays. I think it is something like that. Yeah, the Rays and Red Sox are like pretty comparable records. So who's the second wild card then? If it's it, one of the, it's, it's Tampa and the White Sox are both tied. How could the White Sox are not? No, I think it's I think it's A's in Tampa. Yeah, because Astros just no. passed Astros just passed the uh, the A's for I didn't even realize the best record in the AL. Wow, fuck yeah, the, the Astros. A's and Astros and like the Rays and the Red Sox are kind of like the two uh, in each division that are like, and then yeah, the Yankees are hopefully going to try to you know get into a wild card spot unless they you know go on a real hot streak. But. I mean. You never know. I was talking to I was talking to Logan uh, last night about it, and um, so we went. If we did this like a week ago, 
I would have been like, oh my God, sell every-. like I wouldn't have meant it, but like sell everything. Like this season is a wash because we were like nine back and we were going into a series against Blue Jays and then the A's Royals now and then Red Sox. I'm like, if we're playing like this, like after we just lost two to Philly, like we're screwed. It's going to go past 10. There's no coming back. Then if it happened before last night, I would have been like, we're back. We just cut a nine game lead to four and a half in six days and where we like went five and one. So I've been like, we're back. And then as Logan said to me last night, we got humbled a little bit last night because this is who the Yankees are. Like that's their up and down team. They can't hit in clutch situations. So yeah, that's why it's going to be difficult for us to get first, but you know, we're contending still. So I'll take it. That is a fantastic analysis. They are easily one of the most, it's the, Literally, they have stranded more runners than any team in baseball, and they have the lowest batting average in runners in scoring position as in any team in baseball. And they generate a lot of chances, so that that number is even more horrible. Yeah. So, like, it's they're very painful to watch, and they're also playing a very bad brand of baseball to succeed. However, if their bullpen continues to just like dominate, it'll help. But then again. Like, they're not perfect. Like, yesterday, Luizaga, who's been a stud all year, had the lowest qualified ERA, aside from DeGrom, just gave up, like, four runs. And it's like, well, that's going to happen, and then we lose that game by one. So, it's tough. Yeah. Also, uh, like, kind of a DeGromish that in past years where, like, the Mets couldn't really provide them with the runs. Like, Cole has, I think it's, like, third lowest in the AL, so it's, like, a low two ERA. The Yankees are only eight and seven in his starts. Like, I mean, that has to be better. Like Cole pitched seven innings, gave up two runs. Like you, you have to win that start. Like no one, no one who pitched yesterday after last night has over a 2.75 ERA. They allow six runs, lose the game like that ah, to a bad team. That just can't happen. Yeah. Well, the, the, here, the number, uh, here's one, you know, pretty startling number is that um, the Yankees are last in the American League in runs for one run behind the Tigers. Uh, for home runs, they're a little bit more middle of the pack for the American League. They're like at about – they're at 92 home runs. I'm, I'm sorry. They're at um, – as of this morning, they're at 93 home runs. Yeah, 93 home runs. So that's like middle of the pack in the American League. So like this is not like the Bronx bomber type yeah. of offense. But like you guys mentioned, they're reliant on the home run. They're solo shots for days. Have, yeah, they have three like triple plays made on you know defense, which is pretty amazing. But like I think they lead baseball by like a large margin with like double plays, and a lot of those are like in key spots. So um, I guess we can start with the Yankees since we've already been talking about them for a bit. So like some key contributors, I guess we can talk about. Um, obviously, Garrett Cole uh, is their leader in WAR right now. He's having a great year. You know, sticky stuff aside, like even he said, two straight, two straight amazing stuff. No, I know. I, it's not yeah. even that he's like. I, I, I'm not even saying he needs it. Like he's still a really good. He's still an ace without it. I just, you know, the way he came off in those interviews and those, you know, whatever he kind of came off it's, a little childish. But I, like, I hate that though. Like no, because like he. They wanted to put it on, and I get why they want to put it on. He's the man with the big contract. He's the man who's pitching for the Yankees, who like is the most well-known team in the world in terms of baseball, obviously. But um, it's like why, and so I get why they would like they're gonna be more aggressive, I guess, in the media towards him. But it's like there's no reason if like everyone in the league or most people are using it that Garrett Cole has to be the only one that has to answer these questions. I mean, maybe there are others, but I haven't seen it. 
Like he's the only one I feel like directly asked this and asked to basically take the burden of the whole situation. Yeah, it's weird. Um, well, Trevor Bauer also is kind of like public enemy number one with terms of like the spin. That's true. But I think also like Max Scherzer, like Justin Verlander, Adam Wainwright, even like Corey. Those are other names I've seen mentioned as like being like linked to the sticky stuff. And they but have, have you have you seen them ask him about it in an interview? No, I know. I, I just think that his his answer to that one question was so startling, the how like frozen he was and like how like deer in the headlights he was about that. I think I kind of just like, uh, but yeah, I agree. It's pretty unfair to, you know, say Gary Cole is just, um, you know, like he's the, you know, the, the poster boy, the ringleader of, of the, yeah. of whatnot. I, but it is because he made, makes a lot of money. So like on the Yankees. Yeah, no, exactly. But um, he's still, you know, he's had a great, I don't know if he's still the favorite for the Cy Young. I'm not sure like what other pitchers are doing. Like John Means has been hurt for a while, but, I like Carlos Rondon's been like pretty sick this year, but Cole's probably a favorite for the Cy Young. He's having another great year, um, but yeah, like he's not—they're not winning his starts. You know, if there were eight and seven, their okay. Cole starts. You know, it's a reason why they're only like four games above five hundred. And um, the rest of the rotation, I think who was I talking to the other day? I think Logan, you were telling me that like when Corey Kluber got hurt, that's kind of like when the Yankee season kind of just like took a dot. A dive because like he was their number two and like the stabilizing guy, and since then they've kind of filled in the gaps a little bit with like, uh, well, Garcia's made a few spot starts. Uh, Michael King's made a few spot starts. Oh my god, uh, Jameson Tyon it just did not been consistent enough to be like a middle of the rotation guy. Awful. He's been awful. <laughs> there's, there's no yeah, looking at that. Tyon, the, the biggest the, like. The thing with Tyone is that when he starts, he can't go into the third, um, third time through the order. So he's only pitching two or like four or five innings at most, and then it taxes the bullpen. And then the next start might be Michael King, which is already taxing the bullpen. And then it snowballs. And then Garrett Cole needs to go eight innings, or else our bullpen is dead. And that's a lot of pressure for a guy like poor Garrett Cole. He's got a lot of pressure. I. <laughs> it's definitely tough. Whereas yeah. like. Kluber was really getting hot. I mean, he literally threw a no-hitter and then threw one inning the following game with two strikeouts, and then they just pulled him because he felt pain. Like, that sucks. I feel, yeah, I feel like we have good third and fourth guys. Like, I feel like Herman and Montgomery, maybe they're fourth and fifth, but they're pitching as a third and fourth guy. Like, I think the problem becomes, yeah, when you have Kluber out, now you look at Herman, you're like, all right, we need you to be consistently, like, the second guy. And that's, like, he's not good enough to be the second guy. Like, his ERA is too high for that. And Jordan Montgomery can put in really good starts. He's he's honestly, like, hit or miss. He's, like, he's either awful or he's awesome. Like, I feel like there's no in-between. But, like, he's a really good he, – that's he's good for, like, a third – a fourth, fifth role. But now, like, we're looking at him like, wow, Jordan Montgomery is our third best pitcher. Like, Michael King was really good out of relief. Not as much as a starter. But, like, yeah, we're mostly doing spot starts. I don't re- even know the timetable with Corey Kluper. So, but hopefully he's coming back sometime. And then obviously Sevi got his groin injury, so he's going to take a little bit longer to get back. Yeah, definitely a concern. Well, I think their their ERA is still like for the American League is still like top five in the American League. They're like at a three point five nine team ERA. So like their depth is taking a hit, but like this team's been kind of carried like it has been for a while. 
with their bullpen, like their top five guys in the bullpen. Uh, Chapman, Eliza. I'm going to mess this guy's name up, but Lucky. 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 Yeah. And then uh, Green Lucas. and Luis Bessa all have ERAs of like 3.1 or, or under. And they I, just got Zach Britton back. Yeah, that was that was huge. But like in peak Zach Britton form, his like first like important relief appearance, like he like, I think it was against the Blue Jays. It was like bases loaded, one out against like the Sluggers, and then, and he gives us like a mini heart attack, but he gets out of it. Peak Zach Britton form, so he's he's back. And also with um with Chapman, I think he like started the season like like with no or like he was like perfect for like a month into the year, and like he's he still has an ERA under two. He's still throwing like a hundred plus miles an hour, but he's kind of been a little bit cheeky a little bit recently with his outings. Obviously, the Twins, like, blow up was, like, pretty notable. But even, you know, he's had some, like, other, like, scary, you know, with the Blue Jays that one time. And then he's, you know, he's been putting a lot of runners on recently. But he's still, you know, an elite closer. But, we, know, uh, we know the root to the problem, though. He has worn no sleeves twice this season. That is the only two times he's allowed runs against the White Sox, I want to say. But we won that game. And then that embarrassing implosion against the twins. Like that didn't feel real. I mean, but like every time every time he's wearing sleeves, even if he's gotten into trouble, he gets out of it. Just wear sleeves. I don't care if it's the middle of the summer. He's Jack. That guy is uh, built like a tank. He is he's gonna, a missile. He's gonna sweat no matter what. Like he's sweating like when he gets out to the mound. So you know if he's gonna sweat anyway, just wear the sleeves. I was gonna say when he's right. Like he has to like there there's been interviews where he's like he has to be like dripping in sweat for him like to even like grip the ball. Like literally like he needs to be like a wet person to like do well. Yeah, so I get the sleeves. But like he's definitely all of his runs were basically in that one outing because he didn't even get an out. So it's like his ERA tanked, but he's been ridiculous this year. The problem is if every single time he comes into a game, it's a one run lead you're going to have issues like no closer is perfect unless you're like 2000. What was it? 2014 Britain. Oh, that was like, yeah, that was insane. That was like perfect. Maybe it was 15, but we have that Britain too. So like the Yankees bullpen is going to be as good as it is. It's the offense. That's horrendous. That is going to lose us every game. My, my problem, I have three problems with the Yankees. The first one is it's, it's hurt us in every postseason we've been in recently where we cannot hit in clutch situations runners in scoring position when the game like usually in the regular season we can and then the playoffs we suck at it this year we just can't do it in the regular season anyway which doesn't seem good for if we make the playoffs secondly we haven't coasted to a win in so like i can't remember the last time the yankees just coasted to like they had an easy win like all five of their um, wins against the blue jays and a's even if it was a one nothing lead or a two nothing lead or a two one like we came from behind. I think the Twin Series, one of those games, was the first last time we coasted two wins. So that's embarrassing. And then we can never, we can never add on insurance runs. Like even last night, we were up one nothing, two nothing. We had bases loaded. We had first and second one out. Bases loaded again. Just can't get anything. We just get solo shots. Like we don't actually extend a lead, and then like it comes back and bites us in the ass every time. It's frustrating. What's your other two big problems? No, those are the three. So we can't hit with runners in scoring position, like which is usually a playoff problem, but now it's a regular season problem. We haven't coasted to a win forever. Like We just need one of those games where we just blow out a team, and we can never add insurance runs. So every game is taxing on the bullpen. 
Yeah. Um, my thoughts on the Yankees with the offense is like, you know, they've had the same formula for years where it's been like right-handed sluggers and like no contact hitting besides DJ LeMahieu. So like every like clutch hit the Yankees like the last like three years have been, has been like DJ. Um, but yeah, yeah. Like, rest of this offense is like, you know, go bigger home, go bigger, go home, like strike out, walk or home run. Uh, Judge has been his typical like good self. Like he hasn't really he's avoided being hurt. You know, knock on wood. He's not been for a long period of time. Stanton's been pretty productive. Like he has uh, almost the same amount of home runs and like fifty less at bats than Judge. He just you know kind of boggles my mind how he can't play the field enough. But that's not my cross to bear. I guess like you know what they want to keep Stanton's bat healthy enough, and that's what it takes. But even the DHing that night, three days in a row, like, is a little bit puzzling. But um, maybe he'll work his way back and maybe, like, a year or so, he can maybe make some spot starts in left field or right field because that's the problem right now, like, from a roster point of view, that they don't have any outfielders. I, uh, I saw I saw he might start next month. But he's like, he's going to get hurt either way. So, like, he might as well play the field, you know? like Yeah, they, I actually agree. <laughs> what? They just need an outfielder. Um, yeah, right, we need a center fielder. Like, if we trade for anything, like, let it be a center fielder, especially if Voight's healthy and DJ can play second consistently. Like, Judge is great in right, obviously. Left field, like, Clint's been awful, and Induhar has been solid, but, like, those are our left fielders. Like, our center field issues that, like, although Gardner's, like, a great defender still, his at-bats are just utterly pathetic. So, like, he could put together some decent ones, but, like, for the most part, they suck. So, like, if we need a center fielder. That's what we need because Hicks is out for the year, obviously. So, hopefully Cashman goes after that. What about, like, a left – even, like, Clint Frazier has been, like, I don't know what – he was pretty solid the last, like, year or two, and then he's totally just, like, gone Indu- backwards. Induar has been good enough, I think. Like, I'm not – I would take an upgrade, but, like, is center fielder is bigger. How is he, like, in left field? Induar is better than you think. He looks comfortable. He makes some good throws. Go on, The buddy. thing with Andujar is that we – Clint as well. Those two players are too valuable to move on from. They are both 26, so, yeah. Andujar is hitting. So, like, have to keep him on the roster. So I don't know. We I think we should get Starling Marte would be like my pick because he's having a ridiculous year on a literally one of the worst teams in baseball history, and he's an expiring contract. So like seems like a perfect move. I don't know if it's gonna happen, but we do have a good history with the Diamondbacks. Just saying, we've made a million Marlins, and one bro. trades with them. He's on the Marlins. Marlins. Oh yeah, like a hundred percent. I no, want. You're right. I totally forgot. He's, I, I forgot. want. I, I want to say, like, the Marlins are not the worst team in baseball history, but the Diamondbacks are, so... Well, I was mixing him up with Kettle Marte. Yeah, that's yeah. well, that, and that's who I want, if we can get him. Like, he's making, like, seven mil a year for the next three or four years, but, like, it's going to ask a lot because he's so good, has years under control, and is cheap. But if exactly. we can... But if we can get him, that'd be awesome. That literally is the perfect need. Like, can play infield if we need, but can be an everyday center fielder for us. So that's like your dream target. I, I, that makes sense too. I think what Logan said about Stanley Marte is more likely because we'll he's older. He's only he's going to become a free agent after the year, so he's only going to be a rental. I'd be down for Starling, also. Yeah, for sure. And he's a you know he's an athletic player. The Yankees don't really have a ton of like mobile, defensive type, speedy players in their lineup. I mean, unless you want to play Gardner, but really no. it's not much of like mobility and agility. They're on their 
everyday team. So Marte would be a plus. He's still a righty though. But again, like, you know, I guess the pros outweigh the cons and he's, he'll be pretty cheap. So I think I saw an article from like Jim Bowden from the athletics saying how like he could see the Red Sox and Yankees battling over like a Starling Marte trade, which would be pretty interesting to see if he uh, winds up in Boston or New York. I kind of wanted the Mets to get him for a while, obviously, because of like Brandon Nimmo, like not being a good center fielder, but he's they've kind of figured it out a little bit. But also, could tell Marte is a switch hitter, so that would add some really nice diversity to our lineup. And he's hitting three sixty six in thirty six games. So yeah, that's also me. Yeah, no, either one of the Martes. Get them both. I don't care. <laughs> I just think what, what you mentioned, though, Brian, that Tom Marte is going to be a lot more expensive. Oh, he will be, yeah. I don't know what prospects the Yankees are even in the position to like trade right now. We, I don't know which ones to be willing to give up, but we've been moving up some pitching prospects. Like, what was it? Like, Lucas or Luis Gill, and then Luis Medina. Like, one it's of the them. Two Luises, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're both Luis. Okay, yeah. So they both, one of them started triple A, one of the other ones started double A. Like, I'm not saying I want to give them up. Like, I'm not like, like, because they seem like they have a lot of potential, but like, they're definitely capable of giving up at least one of them. And then again, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, you go. Luis Medina is like, they both throw gas. Bullpen guy written all over him. He's like a 98 mile per hour fastball and a disgusting slider. So like that's the type of guy that teams would covet. I don't. We've had bad like luck with like developing pitching recently, and then the guys that we do develop, they end up going elsewhere and being better, like Caprillion and Caleb Smith and guys like that. So it wouldn't be the worst thing for us to try to like keep one of them and like actually do something with them in the in the rotation. But like then again, this is the Yankees, and we take what we can get. But yeah, the Mets were also looking for a while like they were going to get Stone and Marte because they also like the Yankees' offense is awful. The Mets is better, but not great either. So, like, they've been looking, I thought, at that too. But now that they're getting a bit healthier, kind of, a little bit, maybe not anymore. Basically, uh, I don't know if we're wrapping up the Yankees soon, but if we are, basically it'll come down to if we could win our games against the Rays and Red Sox, which we have not been able to do. If we could win those, we could still win this division. We're only we're less than six out. Like, that that past week moving from nine to four and a half was huge, but obviously we, last, we lost last night, so we're five and a half back. We play the Red Sox right after this Royal Series in Fenway. If we could win two out of three, you know, we're right We're right in it. We're right in things. I just have one more thought on the Yankees before we move on. Um, so, yeah, like you said at the beginning, like, you know, if the Yankees were keep going down the standings, I would have been down for a sell, like put on the sell. But deadline, it seems, you know, and they're in it enough to, to where they're not going to sell and their team is too talented to not sell. It sucks, you know, it's, they're in a tough division this year, but um, – one more trade candidate I would like to throw out there, like Guardo Escobar, a power-hitting lefty. I mean, the Yankees are dying for a lefty in the lineup, so if they get Sterling Marte for center, um, Escobar is another guy that's like going to be moved most likely off an even worse Diamondback team, a very cheap like prospect-wise, I'm sure. So he can play like second base, but Voight's back, so I guess you don't want to – like if you put, a, put Voight at first and LeMahieu – Second, but Escobar could kind of play all, all over the infield, switch hitter with power, just throwing it out there. And their pitching has been, you know, top five in the American League. So even though they've taken some hits with, like, the Kluber injury, um, they can probably hold on the fourth there. I don't see them making any big additions there. But 
I see them hanging around there. I'm not sure if they can get into a wild card spot unless like the athletics or like the, the Red Sox kind of fall. I mean, that's really the big, the Red Sox have to be the, the Yankees like main target. Cause I don't know if they're going to catch up to the Rays. The, yeah, Red the, Ra- the Rays lost are- seven in a row. So we're closer to the Rays than the Red Sox. I just don't trust the Red Sox, but maybe I'm mis- underestimating them. Who knows? Fuck the Red Sox. <laughs> You want to move on to the the first place New York baseball team in the NL East? Sure, let's try sure. it. I'm not gonna trust me. I'm 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 upset, so I'm not gonna like blow smoke about the Mets. I uh yeah. You so you I'm go fast. As... What was that? Oh, I thought Logan was gone. Yeah yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was just looking. So I'm looking up in the roster, and it's like this is definitely a classic. Mets team where it's like Carrasco struggling to get healthy, almost looks like he doesn't want to play. Um, Lucchesi is a tough loss that he just got hurt, and he's I think he is elbow Tommy injury, John. right? Like he's Tommy out for John. the year probably. Yeah, he's getting Tommy John. Yeah, so like he's he's a goner. I don't know that you're even like looking for Mamamoto Yamamoto to come back. So like not the hugest deal, but like Familia, Batansis, and Gazelman all on the IL. So like definitely tough pitching wise in the bullpen but they still have like loop and may and lugo and diaz so like that's legit and sean reed foley has been good kind of so like that's that's been good you know jd davis still hurt nimmo and martinez not that martinez is huge but like nimmo is kind of huge and conforto of course so they've had their fair share of injuries like definitely the outfield kind of got hit pretty hard yeah, for a while they kind of they've been struggling a little since, which is expected when you have like so many guys out. Especially like now the hitting is mostly coming back or a little bit, but then pitching like starters and relief is getting screwed. But like for a little bit they were like reminding me of like the 2019 Yankees, where it was like anything that like they put in will just work. Like oh, all these guys are injured, let's just get Billy McKinney. Like he hasn't really played. Uh, Mason Williams, I think his name was like. And they're like anything they wanted to do, like was just working for a little bit. Obviously, they've like they've uh, been on a little bit of a skid recently. I think they've scored thirteen runs in their last eight games. So like, and last night they were having pitchers pinch hitting, like yeah. so like brutal. Yeah. So that was, and one of them was like a hit. One of them was their only hit yeah. until the ninth. Yeah. So, but like it's come down to earth. The Braves, I guess, are getting it together a little bit. Like. They kind of let the Nationals and Braves into the division race. Like, they could have really separated some ground between them. But now they're all – them. the Braves, Nationals, Phillies are all four games back. So, like, they still have a lead and everyone's coming back. But, like, that, that'll that be a good race. I don't think they'll, like, run away with the division. Yeah. Um, my thoughts on that. Here are just two numbers that kind of just, like, over, you show an overarching, like, story of their season. So, they're the last, they're last in MLB in runs scored. They played the ball. They played the least innings in baseball because of all their um, postponements and um, the COVID yeah. outbreak they, uh, at the beginning of the year. And they've had a lot of double headers, seven inning double headers. So they've played, you know, a lot less innings than some other teams, but still dead la- with their lineup. They're dead last in baseball with runs scored. So that's concerning. But their pitching ERA is second in baseball behind the Padres at three point one one. And for defensive runs saved, for a team that never used to be like a potent defensive team. They are right with the Rockies for like the they're third in the National League in defensive run saves with 30, uh, 32 defensive runs saved. 
So that's like a big, you know, for a team that used to be like a net in the negatives of like their defense, you know, the moves they made, they've improved their defense a lot and it's helped their pitching. So pitching and defense has carried this team. Offense obviously has not yet to be going. They fired their hitting coach like two weeks into the season because obviously their stars get off to a slow start. Um, a lot of injuries hit and they were plugging in guys like Jose Peraza, um, Billy McKinney, um, even their like backup players got hurt. Like Bjorn got hurt for a bit. Uh, Juneshwi Fargus got hurt. So even their back, they were applying their backups to their backups, and they were like still keeping their head above water because of their pitching was so good. They're like three-headed monster of like Stroman, Degrom, and Tywin Walker, who's been a godsend. Um, all have you know ERAs. I was at Degrom's below one, but Walker and Stroman are on the below twos. So they've really saved this team. Um, but, yeah, they're only going to go as far as, like, um, their pitching takes them because I don't see this team turning around too much of the hitting unless they go out and, like, I don't know. It's too much of a large sample size to expect too much differently out of, like, Lindor or, like, Dom Smith for this year. Uh, they just got back in Fordo and McNeil recently, so hopefully that adds. And hopefully Nimmo soon, so hopefully that adds a little bit of, like, spark. But they still they're in first place. They're in a bit they're in a much worse division than you can say any division in baseball. So they're lucky that way. Um so realistically, like even though they're a flawed team at the moment, they do have a lot of stuff going for them and there's an opportunity for them to win in this weak division and make the playoffs again. So I expect them to be active. Um I I'm pitching a lot for like you know, a team that's first place and has a lot of stuff go wrong and they're still like seven, six games above 500. So uh, they've had a bit of luck along their way and they've had, they have a lot of tough, they have a tough stretch of games. Uh, they have like one day off until the all-star break. So they're getting all their like um, made up double headers and whatnot. They're paying the bill for that right now with all these games. Um so, yeah, they really have to like – and most of them against interdivisional teams. So, you know, if they want to, like, expand on their lead or, like, kind of just, like, stay um, – not stay afloat, but just kind of, like, keep – stay where they are, you know, maintain their lead. They have to at least go 500 over this next month. But um, I guess the, the real big story this year, the Mets, is Jacob DeGrom, like, historic season, even though it hasn't been – like perfect obviously because he's had like stars where he leaves after a few innings uh he has avoided you know the big injury and like going on the il for like you know a month two months he's missed like one or two starts but i've been very worried watching his starts recently and like it was like two starts in a row there where like he came out like um you know after three innings five innings so it's like how is he like not put on the IL for a start or two just to like, and I'm, you know, just recharged, but, um, you know, he's pretty adamant that he's pretty, he's healthy and the MRI hasn't shown anything to like suggest otherwise. So he made a start the other day and threw five scoreless innings because of course, but, um, I'm holding my breath with him because right now I think he's probably the MVP favorite, but again, he's going to have to throw a full year. He's going to have to stay healthy throughout the full season to, justify him winning the MVP. But uh, more importantly, forget the MVP. 
if the Mets want to go into the playoffs and go somewhat far, they need him to be, you know, to be there. So that's just my quick synopsis. Um, right now, like the last few days specifically have been really tough. They've gotten like just, just bombarded with like pitching injuries. Like Lucchese yesterday, uh, Familia and Gazelman in their bullpen just got injured. Uh, Stroman left his start early yesterday doing it to an injury. So they're calling up guys so like Jared Eikhoff, um, some guy, uh, what's his name? McGill, some guy McGill is making his start tonight, his first, his debut tonight. So they're going to have to plug in and fill the gaps with the pitching. But really, um, they've been holding it down enough. And, you know, I think it's time to shit on Francisco Lindor. Do you want to do that for a few minutes? You know I'm always down. You know I don't really care about the con- – I mean, I do care about the contract, but he is 27. But, like, I just – you know, for this year, he's going to have a bad year. He's going to have a bad year. I don't see him really turning around that too much because he'll have a great game, one great game, and then, you know, he just goes off a cliff for the next week. Like, it's not – like, how God forbid he has, like, a game – you know, three or four games in a row where he gets like a single like a four game head streak or something, something like to show yeah. got some like, you know, pulse in his, you know, I, I just, it's not the superstar in not the superstar that we've been expecting really to kind of carry this team. And if he was playing to that capability with all those other guys injured, you know, they could be in, in a better place than they are. Well, he's been, it's been worthwhile for his defense and leadership. He has like a 1.5 war. So he's been a positive contributor, but like just based on like, you know, he hits, he hits number two in the batting order. So like he's expected to be a big part of this offense and team. And he just hasn't been able to really, you know, be that guy. Um, so yeah, it's been really frustrating and uh, I'm really not, you know, too optimistic about him turning around for this year. Hopefully it's not, you know, like a 10 year, you know, abomination that I'm thinking it could be. Before I'll let Logan have the first words on the door. After that, I just want to say one thing in response to you. Yeah, I think if Degrom continues to like pitch and he's healthy, like I think he will win MVP. Obviously, Cy Young, but like I think he will win MVP because um I've seen like Kershaw. I think at like a one point six or like a one point seven when he won MVP. Verlander was probably around there, maybe even a little higher. So like no, Verlander's was like it was actually low. it was like a two point five. Oh, he 2. had like 5. a high right? Yeah. yeah. So like if Degrom continues on that path and he's pitching all these innings, like especially with like his strikeout percentage like being right around the top of the relievers, like the fact that he's up there with like Chapman for like I think it was like forty five percent of his outs or strikeouts or something like that, like that's kind of that's kind of ridiculous, and he would definitely like I think he'd win MVP. So as long as he stays healthy, and I also think. As long if they could avoid a wild card game, also like you look at your um your path potentially if the Mets make the playoffs. Like I don't know, like if you if you avoid the wild card, that means Degrom is probably starting twice in the NLDS as long as it isn't like a three game sweep. So like I don't know, the Mets are if they can get their hitting together, they would be a tough out because like I wouldn't want to go against Degrom twice or maybe probably couldn't wouldn't go three times in an NLCS if they made it that far, but um. I wouldn't want to do that, and especially with the Giants being in first right now with, like, three games up. So that won't last probably. The Dodgers will probably overtake them. But 
if you get the Dodgers and Padres to play in the wild card and one of them is eliminated before you even have to like play them, I mean, you never know. So that would be – they'll be a tough out. Yeah, so like one quick thing with DeGrom that I remember saying months ago that was going to be a problem – and I've been, well, maybe not on this podcast quite yet, but I'm very much not a fan of Rojas as a manager. And I know he's done pretty good things with the bullpen recently, but I really disliked how many like pitches and innings he threw early on in the season in meaningless claims. Like DeGrom, there's one game in particular I vividly remember. Like they were up 6 nothing, and they had over 100 it. pitches in the first week or the second week of the season, and they threw him out for the eighth. I couldn't believe it's it. Like, yeah, it's like, dude, like, He's throwing 100 miles an hour every other pitch. So he's never done that in his career, this this level, right? He's throwing harder than anyone in the league, more often than anyone in the league. And he's doing it for more innings and pitches than anyone in the league. That is not sustainable from a guy that never used to do it. And it's not like he's a reliever doing it. So that scares me, which is why I agree with Brendan that you should hold your breath every time he pitches. Because even though he's striking out, eight guys in a row to end an outing he's also like it's it's just a lot on a guy's arm and he's carrying the team literally carrying the team that's the grom though because he will win mvp if he's healthy so like obviously whatever he's doing is doing amazing the lindor thing though is a little alarming so like last year he had a bad offensive season and we thought it was right now actually personally last year a crossword but what's more alarming is that for some reason pe- people love to miscast Lindor as a slugger I've never thought that his career OPS is, is 820 that does not scream slugger by any means however he's always had a 280 batting average and an, OP- an OBP of around 340 which will get you in the door to the conversation of being a slugger like if you can get on base that often and you hit enough good numbers he's not hitting for average at all he's a 212 batting average his op his obp is just over 300 which means he's not even really he's walking honestly a lot but when your batting average is that low doesn't matter and his ops is under 700 like no matter how good your fielding is that is really hard to overcome for a team that's not hitting the on the on the flip side the shortstops on the market right now seager i hate him but he's been amazing when he was healthy correa is having a sick year Baez is hitting. He's striking out a ton, but he's hitting, and he's also a sick fielder. Uh, Trevor Story is Trevor Story. He's always, you know, he's hitting. He's back. He's actually having a really good year as of late. So, like, I don't know that this contract. Like, obviously, I'm not going to judge the contract right now. But the other guys I just named are getting their contracts. They're going to get something similar in door, and they've hit better as of recently. So, like, it does make you ask the question like how are any of these contracts going to age if someone as good as Lindor who seems so foolproof is all of a sudden two years in a row kind of struggling it's not great for the game uh, yeah <clears throat> I've always I like since the contract came out like I get the Mets needed to get it done and like you didn't want to be in that stressful situation where you traded for him and then can lose him but like I, I think it was obvious from the start once the numbers came out you're like what is this deal like it was the third largest deal in MLB history. He's making more per year than Mookie Betts, and he's making one and a half million less per year than Mike Trout. What? Like, so that's that's crazy. His numbers are like defensively, yeah, like he's been awesome for them. Even that, like, um, 
that Marisnik play in the Cubs in the Cubs series where gear uh, they threw him out at home. Like he apparently Lindor was the one like looking at third base and he was like telling him to go home, which got him. They like gunned him out. So that was awesome. He's been great defensively, but like offensively, like we're almost in July. He's not hitting above 215 and his OBP is 304. Like that's so bad. And yeah, he had one good game where he got five RBIs like against the Nationals. But then, yeah, like since then, it's been like a nothing again. Like Gary was hitting 150 and now he's hitting like 240. Like so it's possible to get that average up high. <laughs> like you can increase that average. But like that's like kind of alarming. Like I, like two. Tr- 212 on june 23rd like that's i thought yeah we thought last year was like oh that was his bad year as logan said but but no like this is this is a this is horrible like imagine if he went on the market after this year he would have made half as much yeah so like i has a track record so he still would have made like a good amount of money he would have yeah. made like 200 million instead of four yeah. almost yeah. 400. yeah and i i love lindor like i was always a fan of him since the indians and like the mets got him for literally nothing it felt like in the trade especially getting carrasco obviously he's been injured though but like not a great first year not i'm just gonna not gonna lie not a great first year terrible first year um very upsetting and like I don't know. I mean, it's still he's still 27 and he's young, but um, it's just been frustrating. But uh, I mentioned some trade targets for the Yankees. I'll throw some out for the Mets. If you guys have any ideas, feel free to pitch them in. Um, there's like no like you know they're not gonna go after the Martes. I don't think, but they're definitely gonna go after some pitching because right now you know Degrom, Walker, and David Peterson are are their only three healthy starters. Stroman, we don't know yet. As of recording, if he's going to need to be on the IL, uh, Lucchese is going to be done for the year. Even like their their depth guys, like guys that would be in AAA and be called up for this like opportunity, like Yamamoto has been hurt. Um, you know, they're been calling up like Ikoff and Yancy Diaz to make starts, and that's not going to play if you're trying to like go to the playoffs. So, my dream scenario would be like a Max Scherzer, obviously. I don't know how realistic that is. It's probably not realistic at all, considering their interdivision and the Nationals have low-key been kind of like good recently um, and have, you know, played themselves back into like the hunt. So like I don't see Scherzer going to the Mets, even though that would be really hot. Um, but definitely starting pitcher, maybe from the Twins, like a Pineda, um, they can go ask the Rangers for like Kyle Gibson, who's having an insane year. That's kind of the targets I have. And then probably some, a bullpen piece, but I don't see them like, you know, adding too much in terms of offense, because even though their hitting has been pretty terrible, they have Nemo and Fordos hopefully going to be activated today. And then we have to just have to pray for like positive regression because you're, you're going to play McNeil, you're, you're going to play Lindor and Alonzo. And those are the guys that have been healthy and have been sucking for lack of a, of a better term. So those are the guys I need to hold their weight and just form up to their standards. And um, the only realistic idea I had was like a Josh Donaldson, like a third base type, because Chris Bryant's not going anywhere anymore. I thought about Josh Donaldson possibility, but I think their main focus is going to be on starting pitching and then perhaps a bullpen arm. So I, I think Kyle Gibson would be a really nice add, but I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on addition. Uh, 
First off, with Donaldson, was he, is he in like the first or second year of his deal? He signed like a four year deal, right? Yeah, the two year deal, and he's in, yeah, he's either, he's okay. in four, no, no, a four year deal. He's in year two right now. Okay. Um, I would definitely agree that I would just go after pitching names, and it's not even like out of a need because, like, oh, like we don't have the talent. I mean, relief, they could definitely use some more relief guys, even when fully healthy, like just some more reliable guys. But, like, like starting pitching is like now just like out of need because of injuries. And, like, I don't know what's happening with Syndergaard or Carrasco. I thought Carrasco was going to be back by now. So, like, yeah. if I were to target one, I'd go after some bullpen guys. Like, I was trying to th- I was trying to think of some names honestly <laughs> but I just tar- I would on- I would just go after the bad game- like bad teams like you said Pineda from the Twins like he's just a solid guy to eat up innings out of the um from a starter I would I wouldn't hate that at all if I were the Mets but like just some random pitcher guys and I'm sure they're going to go for it because you know why wouldn't they go for it they're leading their division what about Logan what about you yeah, I um I don't know if they do something as not that Donaldson's such a big contract, but I don't know if they go for something so like I don't think they even need something of that ilk. They could probably even get something of a lesser degree. Honestly, Escobar also could fit here. The only thing is he does what the Mets already do, which is hit for bad average. So like I'm not really sure that that's the answer. Um, yeah, I kind of agree that pitching would be great. I mean, if you guys could somehow get Kyle Gibson, like Godspeed because he's actually ridiculous this year and has been really good for a couple years now um i don't know how much it would cost because obviously he's not a young guy but he is like a 2.2 era or something like something stupid so like yeah he'd slot in perfectly with taiwan walker who also has a 2.2 era um and he's not the type of guy that's using sticky stuff he's never generated much of any of that so i don't know that they could get him he would be a great get for sure. Um, reliever would be great too. Like, I don't, I'm not sure what a team like Cincinnati um, Reds are going to do, but like Lucas Sims ha- blew up last night, but he's been pretty good in like a one to two inning role. Um, you know, it kind of depends, but if they can poach like even just one body for either one, even a long reliever type guy who could come like almost like the Lewis Sessa type of guy who can make a spot start or like the Michael King type of guy, like that would be very helpful. But I don't know what they're willing to spend on a year that they're so injured already and their best players are struggling. So that would, that would be the one thing. Although props to uh, Alonzo because he is exactly what we think he is. And he's his average right now is like 250, and his career average is like a. Um, Alonzo. So I'm like happy to see like, keep up with him with his pace so brendan oh sorry you go no i just couldn't maybe my internet kind of crapped out i couldn't hear what logan said but what's your question no i was gonna say like so what do you think like how do you think about the mets chances to win division would you predict them that they will you think the brave i i I wouldn't trust the phillies because like why they've given me no reason over the past of this bryce harper era to trust them in any game but like so who do you have like winning the division for the mets they win the division, but I'm not as confident. Like a week ago, like again, like baseball is weird. Like such a long season, so like your mood and attitude changes week by week. Like you know, last week you thought the Yankees were back, and day by day, the week before it was like oh, sell, sell, sell. Now last week the Mets were like ten games up. There were ten games over 500. They had like you know, were much healthier, um, much more like you know, 
optimistic view. Uh, now it's more like, all right, like they still probably will win the division, but I'm not. It's like, um, you know, if they just like bottom out over these next few weeks because of all these pitching injuries and like their offense continues. I mean, you can't win when you're like hitting uh, if you're getting one or two runs a game. I mean, and they're not, they're not even doing that. They've gone shut out like, you know, at least three times over the last like week or so. So it's pretty pathetic. But I still think based on every team in the division, like the Braves were the favorite going in, but their pitching, especially their bullpen, has been their Achilles heel. Horrific. And the Mets, I mean, their bullpen has actually saved their ass, like Diaz and Lugo and Trevor May even. Uh, even other guys like Loop and Familia, like more like um, just, you know, replacement level guys have been uh, big surprises. So that's an edge they have. They have the best pitching, the best defense, and then they have the highest ceiling with their position players besides the Braves. So I think their chances are very good, and they're going to add the deadline. Um, and at this point, you can't even, you know, you're just praying you get, like, 50% out of, like, Lindor of what he used to be. You're, like, you know, for Conforto, like, 70% or 60% of what he what You know, you're not even asking these guys to be their, like, reach their full potential at this point because they don't have to be based on the way they're pitching and playing defense. So they're still the best bet to win the division, but I don't know. We'll see. It's a, it's been a wild year for both New York teams for sure. And it's been a lot of frustration and heartache, even though, you know, for all intents and purposes, these teams are both in a pretty good spot considering like, you know, other teams in baseball and they're in a New York market. So like they'll definitely be, able to like add players and improve in the next month or so. So I would expect, you know, both teams to be playing meaningful games in September and then October, at least one of these two teams will be in the playoffs for sure. Hopefully both because it's exciting when both teams are like doing well. I happen to agree. That hasn't happened in a while. I agree. I, uh, I'm mostly like, uh, I've always been in the past, like, oh, like, I'm confident in the Yankees. I, when I look back on it, like, 2019 is the year that I feel like got away. Like, 2017, we were young. 2018, the Red Sox were, were just better. Last year, we were, like, totally injured. And, like, it just didn't feel like we were really that great at any point. This year, like, I'm not going to – but I would, I would predict it last year still because, like, we're I have confidence. Like, I'm not predicting us to win anything this year. I'm just hoping we make the playoffs and hopefully I get pleasantly surprised as opposed to brutally disappointed. Yeah. I, I, uh, Candid. I was hoping for a playoff appearance. It's been a while since I might have been in the playoffs. So, I'll be happy with it. You know, if they don't make the playoffs, this, this year would be a huge disappointment for them. So, that's my yeah. take. Um, and we'll see it how things look. Yeah, yeah. I'm also hoping for a playoff game because if they get into if the Yankees, I don't know about the wild card if they'll be home or not. But if they can get into an ALDS, I have never been home uh, like the past four years. Yeah. I haven't been home for the playoffs. I would 100, percent 1,000 percent be going to a playoff game if uh if they if there is one to go to.